welcome to episode eight of Opera After Dark. <laughs> John and Blank. John. All right, moving right along. Um, I'm Elspeth. I'm Kyle. I'm Naomi. And today we're going to talk about the love story between Clara and Robert Schumann. Mm -hmm. um, before we do that, we're going to talk a tiny little bit about the wine, as we like to do. Kyle, would you like to say a few words? Well, uh, this one isn't uh, particularly special. We just knew with the people we would be talking about, mm -hmm. we wanted something German and or Austrian if we could not find a German. This is German adjacent wine. Yes. <laughs> this is another Austrian Zweigelt, which we were drinking during one of our Castrati episodes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we like it. So It's dry it. and it's delightful on this beautiful sort of fall evening. Uh, so let's jump right into it. Robert Schumann, super famous composer. If you don't know him, look him up immediately. He wrote everything and all of it was amazing. Well, <laughs> everything, but like a lot of song. A lot right? of song. Really well, he happy. had his year of song, which we'll get to. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy that we're talking about a song composer. Rather than an orchestral composer. Or an, or opera, or an, opera, or an composer. opera composer. Yeah, we're equal I, like, opportunity here. Yeah, and just generally I feel like I do not get enough song in my life. Well, you're going to get a lot today. Good. Good. Sehr mm. gut. Sehr schön. <laughs> okay, so Robert Schumann, he was born in about 1810, and when he was about seven, he started taking piano lessons in his hometown, and a few years after that, he started writing music. His father was a bookseller and a publisher, and so he made sure that Robert also studied German literature. So he instilled in him at this super young age this love for um, the German word. His mother was really against him being a musician of any kind. She wanted him to be a lawyer. So he enrolled in two different law schools within two years. Um, and after that, he sort of uh, jumped out of school and started pursuing music and composing. And he started studying piano with a very well-known teacher by the name of Friedrich Weich, and he moved into a room in this teacher's house. And this man also had an 11-year-old daughter whose name was Clara. Oh, that makes it sound pervy. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing happened when she was 11. <laughs> and, how, and he's like young man age at this time? 18 or 19? Mm -hmm. Naomi, do you know? So safe to say nothing happening happening here. I also want to uh, point out the fact that it seems like a lot of these composers' parents were just like not on board with the composing. Well, I mean, it was not exactly a lucrative career for yeah. the vast majority of composers. Exactly. So <laughs> much enough. like today, maybe. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, well, Pervy, so. Robert Schumann. Right coming into the house of his future wife. Mm -hmm. So even at the age of 11, Clara was already a gifted pianist and composer, and she was already giving concerts and making money at it. She was kind of known as like a virtuoso performer at like the time. Like a child prodigy. Kind right. Of a thing. virtuosa. A virtuosa. Sure, a virtuosa. Um, the reason that Schumann decided to not pursue piano and focus more on composing is that he had a permanent injury to his right hand at oh, the age yeah. of seven. So because of that, um, he focused on composing. Wait, didn't he, isn't there like a story about him putting his hand in a hand stretcher? 
Yeah, I, and that's actually how he damaged yeah. the hand mm -hmm. because he was trying really hard to reach to increase his reach on the piano. Right, and then he ended up completely destroying his nerves and muscles in one of his fingers. I thought you said that was when he was seven. That's what I thought, but I could possibly yeah, be I very wrong. Yeah, I thought it was wrong. something that he like, as an adult, was trying to. Or a teenager, really. Maybe. I don't know. I'll we'll look check it up. That. I misspoke. This episode's already a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I always think that the show is so bad. <laughs> okay, so it's okay. He, he damages his hand. He damages his hand at some point in his life. If, and the myth, the legend, possibly the truth, is that he put it in some kind of mechanical stretcher. Right. That wrecked all the nerves. He wanted to Rachmaninoff that shit. World's what is largest that like? Well, you know, Rachmaninoff piano pieces have those incredible intervals in them that like, only Rachmaninoff... Because yeah. his hands were so big. Yeah, his what, hands were so big. What are we talking, like, octave plus how much? At least I don't a third. Know. Like, you have... Wow. Yeah, like a, a tenth is, yeah. like, a nice big interval, right? So anyway. And it's not just how big the stretch is, but if you have, like, a tenth that you're trying to hit and you have to hit other notes in between, that's mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. So, yeah. So the rumor is he did that. He destroyed his right hand. So he... <laughs> Composed, he became a composer. Um, he lived with this family for uh, four years, and allegedly, when she was 15, so technically kind of an adult, is when he fell in love with Clara. I guess mm -hmm. by the standards of the day. Right. Uh, however, during that period, he also fell in love and became engaged to another of... Um, Wyke's students. Is it Wyke or is it? it I believe Weak. it's Veek. Because Veek. if we're going, well, Clara you're saying Veek. it correctly going in English, in English right? Yeah, but going fancy with it. With the German, W's are pronounced as V's and the IE right. vowels, you pronounce the second one. So. Clara Veek. We'll Clara Veek. Veek. Okay. Yeah. So he fell in love and became engaged to another of Veek's students, a woman named Ernestine von Frieken. Well, he broke that off. <laughs> In 1834. How could you not with a name like... How could you not? Von Freaking. <laughs> <laughs> but in 1834, he broke that off because he had such strong feelings growing for this 15-year-old Clara. And the other woman was not von Freaky enough. Uh, I knew that there was one brewing. <laughs> a little Kyle It turns out I'm the perv because I even when you were talking about Rock on and off in his giant hands, I was gonna say. You know what they say about big hands. Tell us, Kyle. Big You're gonna feet. go there? Yeah. Big feet. <laughs> Enough about that. <laughs> this is a classy show. <laughs> so they, they fell in love with each other. This right. was reciprocated on her end. Mm -hmm. And they asked her father for um, his permission to marry, and her dad said, Oh no, 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 I do not think so. That is not good for me. And so Robert actually went to the court and petitioned to overrule her father's refusal. And then a long, extremely bitter court battle played out over three years with both sides filing suits against each other. And finally, the judge ruled in favor of the couple in 1840, and they were married a couple of months later, the day before Clara turned 21. Wait, so that, that was a thing that people did was... If the parents didn't give permission for marriage, then you would go to court and... Well, I kind of feel like most people didn't go that far, but Robert and Clara did. Yeah. Like, they just really loved each other that More much. More like Clara's dad did. Like, who's going to put up that much of a fight? 
Well, and apparently this the, this rift that comes up between them when he starts pursuing Clara basically becomes a lifelong thing, even though they try and repair the relationship several times. And right. they try, but they just have a hard time hmm. moving past it. a lot of, of bad blood between the two yeah. of them. And it might and, be... Go ahead. Well, actually, I was going to say a fun anecdote that I discovered when I was reading was that because Clara was this virtuoso pianist, sometimes she would travel. Even after she was married to Robert, she would go traveling to like tour and give concerts. And so there was one tour that she was on where Robert stayed home. And because they were separated, and it was like they were just separated for a brief period of time while she traveled, Friedrich Weich like took the opportunity to spread rumors that they had actually like officially separated from oh, marriage and then geez. this of course fueled the the feud between them because then they had to go and kind of you know set the record straight and this kind of thing and it did not go over well but he was trying to seize the opportunity to like mm-hmm. break them up socially i mean and who so. knows why um her father had such a problem with them getting married beyond the the age difference thing mm-hmm. and the fact that he was engaged to somebody else in the time that he knew him but also schumann had really horrible uh, mental problems yes. his entire life. He was schizophrenic? We think he was schizophrenic. Mm. People are not really sure. Some people have said that he it was likely bipolar or mm-hmm. some kind of combination of the two. And a lot of people say that it was his marriage to Clara that kept him sane for as long as he was sane because she kind of anchored him and grounded him. Mm-hmm. And and loved him, right? And right. if it weren't for her, then he would have gone off the rails much sooner than he actually did. I so. had um, a music theory teacher in school, and when we'd ever we would study anything that Schumann wrote, if he would ask us a question, um, like a music theory question, he expected the response from us to be, "It's because Schumann tried to throw himself in the river." Right. He tried to commit suicide a couple of times. <laughs> we did know that. Yep. Yes. That I knew. Yes, and so and that actually connects with. Like the second part of our podcast, mm-hmm. which which kind of picks up around the time that Schumann tried to throw himself in the river, and then mm-hmm. what happens to Clara after that. Exactly. But, but before we get there. Before that, I think we should really sort of revel in this amazing love between mm-hmm. these two incredible musicians. And Naomi, you actually have some letters that they wrote to each other, right? Yes. And so a lot of their letters to each other survive, and actually, so they exchanged letters in secret when they were trying to keep their relationship mm-hmm. you know hidden from those who were opposing them and so they exchanged a lot of love letters and then also after they were married i didn't realize this until a few days ago but they actually kept uh what the what schumann called like a marriage journal they would both write in it and they would write their deepest most inner thoughts that they had a hard time saying to each other and it was they kept this diary of their marriage for four years. And so whenever they were upset about something or hurt by something that the other did, they would write about it and vent their feelings. And then they would pass the journal back and forth on a regular basis. And they would write apologies to each other in it. And That's it's really, really sweet. That is really nice. Yeah. Although I could see it also being passive aggressive. Like I don't think they were, but... Oh, well, no. They were pretty forward in the things that were grieving them in the journal. So. I also heard that that journal um, also had sort of um, documentation of their sexual life. <laughs> For medical reasons. Yes, they actually what? they actually kept a really detailed record of that part mm-hmm. of their lives for, for medical reasons. 
quote unquote. We don't know exactly what those medical reasons are, mm-hmm. but I'm guessing it had something to do with his mood swings and right. instability mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But apparently, if anyone's curious, their sex life was very healthy. It was. They had eight <laughs> children. Eight children. To prove it. They had a couple of miscarriages. I think seven mm-hmm. survived past infancy. Not all of oh. them survived into adulthood, but they had quite a few children. Yep. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Okay, so I have some love letters and sure. things. Okay, so here's one that Robert wrote to Clara. This is in 1838, so they haven't married yet. Mm-hmm. They get married in 18, September of 1840, so this is when they're in the midst of kind of the legal battle to win the right to get married. So he says to her, oh, actually, I feel like, Kyle, you should read this. You're, oh, yeah. yeah. You're a man. You can be the voice of Schumann. I have a letter from Clara somewhere, so I can be the voice of Clara. I'm reading this whole letter. And I'll just listen. <laughs> this is Kyle improv everyone. Clara, how happy your last letters have made me. Those since Christmas Eve. I should like to call you by all the endearing epithets, and yet I can find no lovelier word than a simple word, dear. But there is a particular way of saying it. My dear one, then I have wept for joy to think that you are mine, and I often wonder if I deserve you. That's very nice. That is nice. Shall I continue? You don't have to move on. You continue. You skim and see if there's a good bit in there, and all. I have a little short one from Clara. Sure, sure. So this was actually a year before this letter in 1837, and this was after Robert had proposed to her. And they actually went back and forth in letters because she didn't accept right away, even Mm -hmm. though all this was happening in secret anyway. And uh, when she finally accepts, she says, You require but a simple yes, such a small word, but such an important one. But should not a heart so full of unutterable love as mine utter this little word with all its might? I do so, and my innermost soul whispers always to you. The sorrows of my heart, the many tears, could I depict them to you? Oh no, perhaps fate will ordain what we see each other soon and then. Your intention seems risky to me, and yet a loving heart does not take much count of dangers. But once again I say to you, yes. Would God make my 18th birthday a day of woe? Oh no, that would be too horrible. Besides, I have long felt it must be, nothing in the world shall persuade me to stray from what I think right, and I will show my father that the youngest of hearts can also be steadfast in purpose. Your Clara. Aww. That is nice. Although, she shouldn't have thrown her age in there. Then I immediately <laughs> thought she was like, a, well, it just seems like a teenager. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to tell my dad. <laughs> it is totally cool. Uh, fun fact, their first year of marriage, Schumann wrote over 130 songs. We call this his, his leader yara, mm-hmm. right? The year of leader. And they were all inspired by his feelings for her and their love and their courtship and their new life together. And I think it's only appropriate that maybe we listen to one of those. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We picked a favorite. Okay. And this is called Widmung. It's one that many a conservatory student will probably recognize. That's true. This but, I would love to read. Okay, the text please of this. do. Yes. Such beautiful text to try to say without crying. Are you going to read it in English or German or both? Well, we're going to play the song in German. Right, yeah? right. So, so I'll, I'll read the translation. Yes. Which is, You my soul, you my heart. You my bliss, oh you my pain. You my world in which I live, my heaven you to which I float. Oh you my grave, and to which my grief forever I've consigned. You are repose, you are peace. 
you are bestowed on me from heaven. Your love for me gives me worth. Your eyes transfigure me in mine. Loving you raise me above myself. Oh, lovingly you raise me above myself. My good spirit, my better self. Beautiful words. Let's take a listen. Well, I just want to say that I don't think we've focused too much on this, but Clara was actually a super badass woman, especially for that period of time. Not only was she an insane pianist, she also was a mother of eight kids. Um, During their marriage, she performed Schumann's music and all other kinds of music in concerts all over the world. She's one of the first pianists to play entire concerts from memory. She also composed a lot herself. She also composed a lot herself. And Schumann, good husband, fully supported her in mm-hmm. her composing. He thought the things she wrote were beautiful. And all the money she made from the, those concerts that she played, that was the primary source of income for that household. Yes. Mm. And actually, there's a part, uh, an entry in their, I think in their marriage diary or somewhere where she wrote how there was a point in time where she wasn't bringing in as much money, so they were in like a bit of a financial bind, Mm -hmm. and she writes about how she feels guilty that she hasn't brought in enough money because she doesn't want to force Robert to work for money because that robs him of poetry. Isn't that amazing? I mean, she was awesome. Didn't she have to have some of her compositions published under the name of both Robert and her father at different points? 
I thought I'd heard, I heard this that is I not actually don't any know. It is not founded in research, but I'm pretty sure that I had heard that somewhere. Fanny, Fanny Mendelssohn. Mendelssohn. You're thinking of Fanny Mendelssohn. Because Felix, her brother, Felix oh, Mendelssohn, okay. did publish several of her songs under his name because it was mm. considered several of her songs under his name because it was considered like socially inappropriate for women mm. to. Right, but I mean, yeah. Clara's the exception because she was right. an, an out working female musician. So I think a it was badass. Fine. a badass. And super well respected. Mm -hmm. Like everyone who was everyone heard her play and thought she was just amazing and paid a lot of money to have her of come to their establishment and, and, and play for them. Audiences that listened to both Robert and Clara's music probably didn't realize that it contained secret messages from both of them to each other. Um, a lot of Robert's thematic material spelled her name. Oh, um, wow. And a lot of the works, of course, were dedicated to her or named for her. He also included the interval of a downward fifth in most of his music, and that represents her. And it's uh, been part of a theme in one of her own compositions. So they both sort of used music as an extension of their love, especially because Robert had all of these health problems. He didn't really communicate well with people, so this was a way for him another way besides this, you know, marriage diary, right. um, to express his devotion mm -hmm. for her. And in the marriage diary, she would write things like, I feel like in the last few weeks, like, Robert has lost interest in me, or I feel like I'm letting him down. She was actually, the marriage mm -hmm. diaries reveal that she, despite being an incredibly badass woman, especially for that time, she was always filled with self-doubt, and so... The marriage diaries were a way for Robert to like reinforce her as a wife, as a woman, as a pianist. Like she needed that from him. Mm -hmm. So that was where that came out, which didn't really get broadcast in like their public life. But that's funny that you say broadcast in public life because I was just thinking to myself that some people need to get like their own marriage diary rather than. Putting all on social media. Shit out on Facebook. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Oh, yeah, I should read. Let's I bring little, it back. I have an excerpt from the marriage diary. Okay. It's really cute. So it's September 13th, 1840. He writes, My dearly beloved young wife, first of all, let me kiss you most tenderly on this day, your first day as a wife. This little book shall be a diary about everything that touches us mutually in our household and marriage. Our wishes, our hopes shall be recorded here. It should also be a little book of requests that we direct towards one another whenever words are insufficient. Also one of meditation and reconciliation whenever we've had a misunderstanding. Guys, right? guys, guys, guys. Yeah. This is lovely. This is really, really nice. But the thing is, is that this is opera after dark. Well, so I'm ready you did mention their sex life. They, I'm ready for, for some drama. Well, drama you might have to hold that thought. Um, they were married for 16 years. It was not great, especially towards the end. Um... He ended up in an asylum because of his disease, but if we want to get into the scandalous stuff, I think we're going to have to wait until next week and the entrance into their lives of one Johannes Brahms. Mm -mm. <laughs> Are doing this in a two-part? We are doing this in a two-part. I thought we talked about this. We did talk I about it. So. <laughs> Maybe we talked about it. We thought we'd start with the love. And then move on to the scandal, too. I find myself wanting more. I'm just being well, honest. tune in next week. Well, okay. I'll end with one last quote 
a lovey-dovey quote Jeez. just to throw Kyle off the edge. Um, he writes to her with longing. This is when they're desperately trying to get married. I'm so desperate to see you, to press you to my heart that I'm awfully sad and sick too. I don't know what's wrong with me, and yet I do. I miss you. I see you everywhere. You walk back and forth with me in my room. You lie in my arms, and nothing, nothing is true. I'm sick. <laughs> and on that uh, note... <laughs> uh, come back next week for some, for some real shit going down. True story. I'm Elspeth. I, I'm Kyle. <laughs> and I'm Naomi. <laughs> See you next week. Did you sing that song? No. Like you did. I didn't. Do my nose do my hairs. Hairs. Do my nose Do my hairs. Do my nose Should do, there okay. should be dubstep. <laughs> a dubstep German a dubstep leader. They started like exchanging letters and things like that. Yeah, she was born in 1819. He was born in 1810. Okay, so it's it's only nine years, but he knew her when she was 11. <laughs> right, and that's when it gets kind of creepy. So Schumann meets Clara for the first time when he is 19. No, when he is he's 20. 20. He's and 20. He's 11. And she's 11. And then they. He begins realizing he has feelings for her when she is 15, mm -hmm. he is 24. Mm -hmm. Okay, just putting it in perspective. Right. I okay. think we're fine. Oh, I was going to mention that there's an awesome recording of Deanna Damrau, uh, Ian somebody singing. Bostridge. As, not Bostridge. Do you want to mention that in the podcast or should we just put it in the blog? I was going to put it in the podcast because in the bloopers I really want Sebastian Koch talking. Okay, sure. Yeah, so there's this recording where they take several of the song cycles that were written in the Lieder Yara, and then they split them up, and they have letters that were exchanged between Robert and Clara in between 
these different songs and it's like an album that they did um, and the actors that read the letters the voice of Robert Schumann is my favorite German actor of all time Sebastian Koch and then Clara is Martina Gedick and they're so good and it's just I, I didn't even know this existed and then I was listening to it on iTunes and I was like oh my goodness that's Sebastian Koch so do you have it's a favorite really cute. German actor, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so many to choose from. He's Gosh. fantastic. Actually, you know, there's no, like, I, off the top of my head, really only know, like, one German actor. And is it, I think it's Christoph Waltz? But no. What's the name of the, what's the name of the guy? Yeah, in, that's his name. That's his name? In Inglorious Bastards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's his name. What that's about um, like, Daniel Brühl? He's I, also in Inglorious Bastards. I don't really? know who that is. Yeah, he's the um, the Nazi that likes the French girl. Oh, yes. yeah. He's fantastic, huh. too. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was good in that. I just yeah. know Christoph Waltz, and he's one of those actors that, like, always has to be the person that you hate, but he's really good at it. And yeah, an no, An excellent true. actor. Meine Herzens, Clara. Je weiter du mir wieder entrückt wirst, Je schmerzlicher wird meine Sehnsucht nach dir. Noch habe ich keine Nachricht von dir. Morgen früh, denke ich. Ich schwärme jetzt viel Musik, wie immer im Februar. Du wirst dich wundern, was ich alles gemacht in dieser Zeit. Keine Klaviersachen. Du erfährst es aber noch nicht. Sonst hat sich gar nichts begeben. Im Pilot steht ein artiger Artikel von Truhen über dich. Ich kann ihn dir schicken, wenn er in Hamburg nicht zu finden Jetzt lass dich aber einmal recht zärtlich streicheln. Und sag mir, was das ist, was du komponiert. Ich wüsste es doch gar zu gern. Oh, bitte, bitte. Ist es ein Quartett, eine Ouvertüre oder wohl gar eine Symphonie? Soll es vielleicht ein Hochzeitsgeschenk für mich sein? Sag mir nur den ersten Buchstaben. Klärchen, verlange das nicht zu wissen. Du hast zwar viel geraten in deinem letzten Brief, es ist aber nichts davon. Das nächste Mal dann. Obgleich ich es dir auch schon heute sagen könnte, verzeih, Kind, ich spiele nun einmal gern mit Kindern. Du nanntest mich wieder einmal Kind, das habe ich gar zu gern. Und lasse dich auch gern mit mir spielen. Es ist mir immer ein Zeichen, dass du recht zärtlich gegen mich gesinnt bist. So lass dich dann auch mit aller Zärtlichkeit und feurigen Liebe umarmen von deiner getreuen Clara. Klärchen, noch eine Bitte. Du kommst nach Bremen. In Bremen gibt's gute Zigarren. Dir wird man die Schönsten heraussuchen. Bitte Eggers dir auszusuchen, nicht Möllern. Der hat mir schon mal eine Kiste geschickt. Eine Viertel oder halbe Kiste möchte ich. Das Tausend zu 20 bis 25 Talern gerechnet. Fein, etwas stark, abgelagert. Kostet es nicht zu viel, erkundige dich, so schicke sie mir mit Fuhrpost. Kostet es zu viel, so nimm sie nach Berlin mit, wenn es dir nicht zu viel Platz wegnimmt, und schicke sie mir von da. Zu Ostern gebe ich dir, was du mir ausgelegt. Ich bin dir ohnehin noch schuldig. Sag mir doch, geliebter Herzensmann, was ist das, was du komponierst? Wenn du mir's nicht sagst, bringe ich dir keine Zigarre mit. Und das wäre dir doch gewiss hart. Do you do? 